Hey, it's Arrow. PodFest brings together three different conversations from musicians to authors, doctors, environmentalists, or cooks in their own kitchen. These are real people with real stories. PodFest 52 features one of music's best and most original, Dan Auerbach from Black Keys. Then we're headed back in time when trust was tested. Author Bob Giles with When Truth Mattered. Our third conversation is a walk through time, remembering actor, comedian, and game show host Bob Saget. This is Podfest 52. Unplugged and totally uncut with Dan Auerbach from the Arcs. For you to put this new project together, the one thing that I want listeners to know is that you won't let this be a solo project. This is, you've always been that guy that includes everybody. Yeah, I just felt like it would, it's, it's, it's a band. I mean, we were like, everyone had equal input on all the music, so it would just be wrong for me to put my name on it. Uh, it just wouldn't be right, you know? Is it part of it like the furthering of an original idea or do you feel like that the canvas has now become deeper so therefore we have this more broad picture of who you are? I don't I don't even think about it like that. I mean it's really I'm kind of li- you know living in the moment and and taking it day by day and just following you know whatever interests me. Speaking of living in the moment, staying in my corner, dude, I love the high falsetto. It's got a John Lennon-esque about it. Oh, thanks so much, man. Yeah, we cut that in Queens. Uh, we, we cut it live all together in the room. in about 30 minutes and uh, it's so exciting when stuff like that just kind of materializes out of thin air. You go with with the universe. It's it's almost like here's this situation and then we're just going to grow forward. And then to say that you do it live. Well, I mean, I don't, you know, there's no right or wrong way to, to record music and sometimes it's piece by piece sometimes it's all live I think I think you can get you know the same kind of feeling at the end I was shot by a pistol made of bone I got that by bullets made of stone for me it's just always I'm just I love I love music you know it was around me when I was a kid and my, my family played music and, you know, making music with other people has kind of just been a part of my life. It's not really even my job or, or something that I do because I like it. It's just part of who I am, you know.
you've never been afraid of art being art then? I don't even think about art. I didn't even know what art was. I mean, I was surrounded by art, but it wasn't, well, you know, I mean, my dad was an antique dealer and a folk art collector, so my house was all antiques and folk art all over the walls, outsider art, and the record collection was always, you know, right there, and he was always blasting some album, and my, or my mom was playing piano, so art was life. You know, art was not, you know what I mean? I didn't have to go to school to learn about it. It was there all around me all the time. sounds like that we're all invited over to your house and hey I've got this song I want you to hear yeah you know this record uh, you know all every record that I've ever done but this record more than any of them is really a representation kind of of my my record collection pretty much you know what I mean it's like and, and all of these guys in the arcs it's, you know we share this bond for you know and this love of recording and record collecting you know and, and albums and and um it's just like all of these influences kind of like, you know, speaking through us, really. And that's what the kind of the arcs is. To drop a needle on, onto the vinyl would be so perfect. It's on vinyl. I have a copy. It's great. <laughs> Ray LaMontagne, Lana Del Rey, Dr. John, you love to create with people who like to take journeys. Absolutely. People who like to create little universes. You know, I think that's what it's all about. these stories and music is your, your backdrop that you get to create and um, I love the whole thing the whole package the album the LP the artwork all the liner notes the pictures you know it's all has a really important place for me and and I just I've always loved it speaking of places that night on New York's west side right there in the village when you stepped out there to introduce hey I got the arcs tell me what that moment was like for you it was exciting I, I mean this it's just been really nice to have this platform, you know, because we we were we were recording this music for years and never sharing it, and and now that now that we have the arcs and the idea that we can put together these albums and and we just have another outlet to be creative and do these things that we really like and do these videos, animated videos with people like Omar Juarez and uh, do a, we just did a video with, with my friend Nick Walker. It's just, I mean, it's 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 amazing, really. It's a real it's a real blessing.
just studying you, there was it was two years ago that I got on iHeartRadio and I said that you are the Paul McCartney of this generation. People said, no, 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 he's, it's too early, it's too early. When can I finally get away with calling you this generation's Paul McCartney? <laughs> Tell me you don't feel it. Uh, maybe after I, I you know, do, do a song with Kanye. I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, because look what you do when somebody walks by you and just happens to say Velvet Ditch and you create something from just a passerby. Well, I mean, that's my job. <laughs> that's what I do. You know, it's like what I obsess about, what I've like dedicated my life to. Companion, like a desert road. I still don't feel like I've reached where I want to get, you know? I still feel like I have things I want to do, places that I haven't seen yet in, in music, you know? And that's what keeps me going. Now, with the arcs going out on the road, does, does that, is that going to put you in some places where you haven't been yet? Absolutely. I mean... You know, talk about uncharted territory. You know, all these people together on a stage. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's exciting. It's almost like a, a, a walking block party because you are all about the celebration. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's crazy. It's my, it's, I'm literally surrounded by my favorite musicians, this incredible mariachi, all-girl mariachi band, and, you know, two of my favorite drummers and and my favorite record makers. You know, it's it's wild. It's it's really wild. We've been rehearsing the last couple of days, and it's just kind of thrilling to, to, to be able to make music with these guys. We can never change the universe's plan. archaeologist of music yeah i'd say so yeah absolutely hell yeah i mean i've dug for records you know and uh, knocked on doors for records and and uh you know before before youtube i was sending money out to get vhs tapes of musicians you know what i mean it's like i, I live for this stuff Now that you tell me that the, the new album is going to be on vinyl, what's on the inside sleeve? Because you know that's where we go to look, or we look at the back cover. <laughs> well, we got a pull-out poster inspired by Electric Lady Studios, where we did some recording. And I don't want to give it away, but you got to, you know, you'll get it if you get the album. And then, uh, and the album is completely uh, filled the artwork with artwork by Omar Juarez, a friend of mine who, who I met during the making of the record and, and who we, you know, we kind of bonded over old soul records and, and Chicano artwork and teen angel magazines. And, and, um, and so the, it sort of became a, a big part of who, who the arcs are.
when you admit that you are free of commercial restraints. That means that you get to fly and you get to fly at a level that, that you're in control of. Well, I mean, I always have. I've been very fortunate. You know, Pat and I have always made records on our own terms, you know, completely um, had control from start to finish of everything. just been very lucky and our, our our the work that we've done on the road has afforded us a life where we can where I I can personally make records and I don't have to worry about making money or not you know I can just work with a band or a musician that I'm interested in musically and that's the only reason I do it so uh, yeah, I'm very fortunate that I've been able to do that. I'm a and a that don't make never mind. The dips to me till the end of time be just and totally uncut with Bob Giles. I'm fine here on you. Fantastic. I, I got to ask you a question from, from a broadcaster to a journalist. When you go through what it is that you did 50 years ago, is there a huge chunk of your heart still living it every single day? Well, I thought I carried this story with me for 50 years, and I, I never thought about writing a book about our coverage, but... As the 50th anniversary approached, that's May 4th this year, I really became, it became a compelling interest of mine. And so I said, well, and then I discovered that most of the people who work with me are dead. 
So I said, I'm the, you know, I'm the last uh, institutional memory, and I better capture this. The book we're talking about is When When Truth Mattered, the Kent State Shootings. It's very interesting that we've connected because in, in the past couple of months, people have asked me about this coronavirus that's going around, and they're saying, why do you want to talk about it? And I said, tell me right now about Kent State, and they can't. And then all of a sudden, here is your book, Bob, because this story needs to be pushed forward. We need to have this story at all times. Well, thank you. Uh, it, I think that the element of truth and how we... T- uh, created a truthful narrative and reported it, and how it has stood the test of time for 50 years is really important to think about today when when truthful information is so critical. And, and they didn't have the power of the internet or Twitter, Instagram back then. It, it was word of mouth that really had to travel pretty quickly, didn't it? Well, it did. I mean, we had the three main networks and we had local newspapers uh, and um, the wire services, and those were the main news vehicles in which that the story was t- was told. Today, if if Kent State happened today, it would be totally different. It would be driven by social media. Mm-hmm. Your newsroom suddenly everything was turned upside down. Was it chaos or was it total focus? It was total focus. We had been. Uh, covering the demonstrations off and on at Kent State since 1968. We had a team and a leader, uh, a guy named Pat Engelhart, who uh, who uh, had uh, an enormous amount of records and sources, uh, and so that when, when the shooting occurred, we didn't anticipate that, of course, but when the shooting occurred, we were ready. And so we knew what to do, and we got... By the end of May 4th, we had a, a final edition that had the complete, a com, as complete a story as possible for that day, including the names of the dead and wounded. The book we're talking about is When Truth Mattered, the Kent State Shootings. This is the 50th anniversary. Don't you think that this book, Bob, needs to be in universities as well as high schools, and it needs to be read as a place of this is where we once were. We can't go back there. Well, I agree with you, uh, Haro, and I have sent letters to university libraries and to university journalism schools suggesting that this is an important uh, text uh, for students for students to uh, study from and learn from and and become aware of how how important truth is in in understanding what's going on in our communities and in, in, in the world. Yeah, because even today, something could go wrong in the country or look what they're doing with the virus once again, and everybody is bending their truth. They're, they're putting you know news out there that really isn't true. How were you able to separate fact from fiction? I mean, you were on the scene, but how did you know what to trust and what not to? Well, we had, uh, the, we had pretty strong values in our newsroom, and people knew and had... Uh, had reported on Kent State before. They knew pretty much the background, and we knew that there was claims of conspiracies by the radicals, which we disproved. Uh, There was a rumor about a sniper, and we did a a test that disproved that. Uh, We were able to get other documents that showed that the National Guard uh, did not have to shoot at the students. The FBI report was one of our our, our singular uh, efforts 
to disclose information about uh, the fact that the guard did not have to shoot. Uh, and we were just uh, ready for it. And so uh, w with the, the background of our work and the values that had been pounded into our heads by the senior editors on the newspaper over the years, uh, we, we knew how to separate right from wrong and uh, give the people uh, a report that was as close to being truthful as we possibly could. Don't you love the idea and the power that you once held in the way that as journalists you could actually do the investigative reporting? These days it just seems like, ah, they've got it handled, we'll just give them credit, we'll take the story cut and paste. That's really true about today, and yes, we were very proud of that story. We we felt we owned it, and uh, we we followed it for months and weeks, and developed uh, new information as we went along. Uh, we were still covering it nine years later, in 1979, when the final court case took place. So I got to ask you a question, only because I've heard the song a million times. Did Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young get it right, or did they play off that, the, the event that they weren't a part of? They just wanted to become, you know, part of, of the atmosphere of, 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 you know, by way of music. Uh, I think uh, I think we we covered it the right way, and uh, we did we did what we we were trained to do. And uh, the leader of the, uh, of our group, Pat Engelhart, was intensely dedicated to to Kent State. And I mean, it, we all knew something was going to happen. We didn't think it would be a shooting, but we were ready. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. One of the big things on iHeartRadio and even with, with Applecast and stuff like that, they're turning books like this into podcasts so that people can hear your voice and hear the drama, the sounds and all that kind of stuff. Are you moving in that direction or are we going to see you on Netflix or Hulu? Well, I don't know what direction it's going to go. We've had an initial conversation with someone who's interested in uh, considering a TV treatment but there's nothing other than that um, that has been presented to us. Right, right. Well, I thank you for this book, When Truth Mattered. And, and please, come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you, Bob. Well, thanks, Al, very much. It was really nice to talk with you. You bet. You be brilliant today, okay, sir? Okay, yep. Take care. Hello. Good morning, Bob. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm telling my daughter about Nashville Squares because uh, she asked, and that's that's what I do. I talk to my kid. I make her a priority. Oh God, how are you? How are you? Fantastic. And before I even go on, I got to tell you, my call from the Comedy Zone in Charlotte says, "Get your butt back to town because there's more to talk about." Yeah, I, I actually was uh, on with them live on television a little bit ago, and they're they're really nice. So. I love I love Charlotte, and I've been out doing stand up, coming up with a new hour, and I've been doing a bunch of theaters. But then, when you get down to it, as any comedian will tell you, if you want to do your fair share, you got to get up and do clubs. You got to do it. You got to do four, six sets in a weekend and knock them out and really try new stuff. And that's how I'm coming up with my new hour. And I've got a couple country songs in it, which is very fitting considering I'm hosting a country show on CMT that premieres Friday. Which is, uh, people would go, why you, Bob? And I went, because I don't know. I, you know, I love, I love, I know how to host a show. Uh, th there's no script to this. I was offered Hollywood Squares years ago. I didn't want to do it because it felt, and my dear friend Tom Bergeron did it. And I just wanted to 
be more freeform because I've been in a box for a long time, you know, with the video show that was written and everything. And then I got a new video show coming out in the new year, uh, which is less uh, scripted and more uh, adult. But this show is for everybody. And it, it premieres uh, 8 p.m. Uh, Friday, and it also is 7 p.m., you know, Central and Mountain Time. I think it's 6 p.m. And then, and I don't know Antarctica. I don't know what time of it is there. <laughs> but we got Tanya Tucker as the center square. You know, people, and, and we got, like, Gary Busey to make haunt sounds in between. And and really funny people, like Fortune Feimster and Carolyn Ray and, and uh, uh, Lonnie Love. And then we got really cool music people. I mean, like, like a ton of them. We actually had Tom Wopat. And uh, it, it, there was a whole uh, yeah, Duke to Hazard, you know. They, they were uh, I, oh my god, I, I drew a blank on the on the lady on the show. Uh, I I just remember the so, posters. I just remember the posters yeah, with the short shorts. <laughs> yeah, Hazard Bach in the short shorts. Yeah, and he's against Tom Wopat who wore short shorts for the yeah. show. It was really nice. And we got Kyle Bush, the race car driver, and Ty Pennington who can go to Home Depot. But it's like uh, really fun people, and it's a fun show. The atmosphere was just fun. We did a bunch of them, and two of them air on Friday night at 8 o'clock, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, and 2 in the morning in uh, Alaska. But, um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just excited about it because it was so easy and fun, and I didn't have a script except for the copy you have to say. Your answer was blank, so that means it blank. And then we had the Dallas... <laughs> Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, all-stars dancing around, and uh, they were lovely. I never spoke to them. I was very smart. Um, you know, I'm married, and there's Twitter, so no way, Jose. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it's fun to do a show that everybody's backing up. Uh, the CMT's excited about it, which is always nice. And you know shows are coming out of nowhere. Like, yep. you'll see a hit show, it'll win 20 Emmys, and it's on a network called Flumba. You know, when did that start? Oh, a month ago, but they got the backing from some rich dude or lady. So this is, like, really uh, a fun show. I mean, and half the people are drinking. There's alcohol <laughs> on the show. Visible, visible alcohol. And then half the people went to rehab and were smart, and so they don't think. Uh, I do not have a cocktail while I'm working because I got to do the I got to do the show. It's right. uh, but I'm, I'm excited about it. I think people are going to dig it. It's just—it's not just for country fans. It's for—it's just fans that just out out fun, you know. The show we're talking about is CMT's Nashville Squares. Now, as hosts of the show, back back when I was growing up in the '70s, uh, we always went to Paul Lynn Square. Do you have somebody like that? Yeah. Where, oh man, I love it when they just—they just boom, boom, out it comes. Well, we surrounded Paul Lynn with many Paul Lynns. We have, originally we had Marie Osmond in the center square and then Tanya Tucker. And she stayed there because she was drinking so she couldn't move. Uh, but uh, she was holding Dennis Quaid's dog and she's amazing. She sings on the song. She's the coolest lady. Um, but we had, we had a lot of really cool people that people know, you know, that are, that are well-known. Uh, and in success, you know, we could end up in Nashville shooting the show there, which is my druthers, because then you would get everybody. Because a lot of people, it was short notice. I mean, it was short notice for me to host the show, and they were ready to go. And uh, they said we always wanted Bob, and I believe them, even though it's show business. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I just said yes, and it made sense, and they paid me a, 
a few, uh, you know, golden coins. And um, But that's not why I did it. I did it because it felt like fun. So it sounds crazy, but that's why I did it. And uh, I've got a lot of other stuff going on, too. I'm on tour, and I'll be all over the country in North America and might even go overseas again. I'd like to go back to Australia and London. But um, my stand-up's changing, too, so I'll be performing more stand-up, which allows me to... Uh, you know, just get out and, and bring people together and not really do political stuff, just kind of do what I do, which has an odd... I have an odd sense of humor that I acquired from my father. <laughs> and I get to play it a bit on National Squares, which is fun. I was going to ask you about that. When you do National Squares, how does that kind of change up on your live performance on that stage? Because you're using two different types of ad-lib and improv. Will they Will they go together pretty well? Yeah, I mean, that was the whole purpose of them hiring me. I was like, I kept, I kept asking why. And then I realized why, because they came out, and it was like I'd done the show 40 times, because I have. You know, I've done not that. That's just a country party. It's not really a country party. I mean, a lot of the people are borderline. You know, Kyle Bush is a race car driver, you know. And uh, I'd been in a restaurant with him two months before, and I, we exchanged cell numbers, and all of a sudden I get a text the day before I'm shooting National Squares. He goes, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm going, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? He says, I'm on National Squares. I said, you are? But um, we, we shot them in L.A. We did some stuff in Nashville. And uh, the hope for me is that they just make more of them because it was so much fun and so easy to do. And we, we just shoot in Nashville because that's where everybody is. And... Uh, you know, it's a whole country that enjoys country music. It is not just the South. I mean, it's, that's crazy. I mean, some of your biggest concerts everywhere, all over the world, are country stars, you know? It's, it's pretty amazing. Well, you've always had this incredible way of being connected to real people, and that's because you are a real person. I work on it. I mean, I, I haven't had any work done. Somebody thinks I should have a reduction, but... Um, <laughs> But my my uh, I'm very lucky. Uh, my wife, it's our anniversary, which is pretty exciting. Um, so it's anniversary week. We celebrate it every day. It. And there's fires here in L.A., so we uh, we are dealing with that. That I, I my heart goes out to all those people. Um, and you know, so you make, you want to have fun when you can. You a- just do absolutely. And, and just hope your family's okay and people you love are okay. And then for the rest of it, I'm just out entertaining i feel like i'm on i'm like the blues brothers i'm in the blues brothers because there's alcohol on the show but i'm the i'm like remember in the blues brothers john belushi and dan Aykroyd would knock on the door the door would open family would be there and they'd go we're on a mission from god that's it and that was in the blues um and so mine is to make people feel good you know just try to do some comedy well, and do. do some family stuff with the Fuller House and then do some more adult stuff with my other work. Well, you're doing it right. Congratulations on Nashville Squares. I'd like to talk to you more in the future, Guy. The door's always going to be open for you. I would love it. I love an open-door policy. It's, if it's a revolving door, I'll come back every day because <laughs> yeah. I can get out quick. Uh, so we're two shows. Two shows this Friday, 8 o'clock and 7 Central and 6 Mountain and 2 in the morning at my house on a tape. <laughs> be brilliant today, okay, sir? Thank you, thank you.